This episode of Light On, Light Through is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash lighton. There are over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, iPhone, or MP3 player. And welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 77, Concerns About Elena Kagan's First Amendment Position. President Obama has, for the second time, nominated someone to the U.S. Supreme Court whose views on the First Amendment and its role in our society give cause for concern. Unlike Sonia Sotomayor, whose appellate court ruling in the Doninger case held that First Amendment protections did not extend to high school students writing criticism of their school officials off campus, no less, Eleanor Kagan has never served as a judge. Now, this in itself is not at all a problem. Neither had Hugo Black or William O. Douglas before their appointments to the Supreme Court, and they were among the greatest champions of the First Amendment in the 20th century. Louis Brandeis, another champion of free speech and considered by many to be one of the greatest Supreme Court justices of all time, also had not served as a judge before his appointment to the court. But Kagan's opinions on First Amendment matters, expressed in at least one article, suggest that she may be closer to Sotomayor than Black and Douglas on the First Amendment. On the one hand, as James Doty pointed out in a generally supportive piece in Salon, Kagan did write an article in which he said that the Supreme Court made the, quote, correct decision, unquote when it struck down in a 5-4 vote a law that prohibited mutilating the U.S. flag. And in the same article, Kagan also cautioned law enforcement about, quote, hastily, unquote, cracking down on, quote, disfavored speech, unquote, to maintain public order. Those views are certainly heartening to Americans who view the First Amendment as the cornerstone of our freedoms. On the other hand, however, constitutional scholar and professor Jonathan Turley cites with concern what Kagan wrote in another article about how to combat pornography and hate speech. Quote, new solutions ought to be debated and tested in a continuing and multifaceted effort to enhance the rights of minorities and women while also respecting core principles of the First Amendment, unquote. That's from Kagan. So what's wrong with that? Well, Turley wonders what such a, quote, nuanced view of the First Amendment, unquote, portends for Kagan's Supreme Court rulings. 
to put a finer point on that, I would say that the best and most effective way of supporting the, quote, core principles of the First Amendment, unquote, is not to find ways of working around them on specific issues, but employ those principles as a guide and an injunction against government censorship of any kind, whether the target is pornography, nobody's business, especially not the government's, if consenting adults are involved, or even the most heinous hate speech, not the government's business either, but certainly a matter of social concern. Now, if you read Kagan's article carefully, and you'll find a link to it, to Charlie's comments on it, which in turn has a link to it, in the show notes to this episode, you'll see that what Kagan is actually saying is we should employ the laws that we legally and constitutionally do have against hate crimes which are physical in nature, that is, attacking or abusing a person physically as part of a hate crime, we should use those laws to, in effect, scare away, restrict, chill the hate speech that often comes with those crimes. Now, there's nothing wrong with that legally per se, but I think the spirit of that is indeed a workaround on the First Amendment. The government should not be using any method, either direct or indirect, to chill any kind of speech. That, I think, runs contrary to the First Amendment. When it says Congress shall make no law abridging freedom of speech, I think that also means Congress shouldn't use an existing law having to do with actions to chill speech. Now, there's never a guarantee of how anyone will rule after ascending to the Supreme Court. But if ever there was a need for careful, substantive questioning of a nominee's views in Senate hearings, Kagan and her views of the First Amendment, I think, would be it. Unfortunately, the Sotomayor hearings were typically big on political maneuvering and low on substance. I thought the best questions came from Senator Al Franken. I hope he can rise even further to the occasion with Eleanor Kagan. One wonders why Obama is now two for two on First Amendment myopia in his appointments to the Supreme Court. I'm beginning to think, actually I've been thinking for a while, that Obama has a certain kind of nearsightedness or tone deafness about communication and its crucial role in our democracy. Just this past Sunday, for example, in an address at Hampton University, Obama remarked that, quote, with iPods and iPads and Xboxes and Playstations, information becomes a distraction, a diversion, a form of entertainment rather than a tool for empowerment, rather than the means of emancipation, unquote. That's from Obama. Now, this is not a call for censorship per se, but I think it shows a distressing ignorance of the value of what I call new, new media, that is, the current Internet, which is brought to us on iPods and iPads, Twitter, Facebook, etc. The current value of those devices and the social media they bring in education and the growth of knowledge. 
I know of at least three colleagues at Fordham University who make use of Twitter and YouTube in their courses. So do I. I know of many other professors who do this. I know of teachers on all levels of education. So these media, far from being a distraction, I think are now an essential and beneficial accelerant to the growth of knowledge. And while we're at it, neither is entertainment antithetical to education and empowerment as the boost to literacy engendered by everything from Harry Potter to texting demonstrates. The United States in the digital age now has over 99% literacy. Can't get much better than that. Regarding Obama, it may be difficult to appreciate the centrality of the First Amendment to our democratic society. When your knowledge of media and communication is based on popular misconception, that is, that iPods and iPads are distracting, popular misconceptions like that rather than facts. But to the matter at hand, I hope that Eleanor Kagan is carefully questioned in the Senate, and if she is confirmed, that she expresses this appreciation and understanding of the First Amendment on the court. The Light on Light Through podcast Hey, here's a special offer for all of you listeners of the Light on Light Through podcast. Audible.com is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. You can get bestsellers on Audible.com. Hey, you can get a copy of The Plot to Save Socrates, my 2006 time travel novel published originally by Tor Books. You can get a copy of The Consciousness Plague, one of my Phil D'Amato novels. You can get a copy of The Chronology Protection Case. This was my 1995 novelette, and the radio play of that novelette, which is available on audible.com, was nominated for the Edgar Award by the Mystery Writers of America. So, download your first audio book today. You can do that at audiblepodcast.com slash lighton. I'll spell it out for you. A-U-D-I-B-L-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com slash lighton, capital L-I-G-H-T-O-N. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash lighton for your free audio book.